Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I have been working on this message for a couple of weeks and then two weeks ago we had James Ayton uh, come and share and he spoke a message about storms. And he said, oh, I've heard all these people speaking about storms and blah, blah, blah. And then he shared his testimony. And you're not going to guess what I was working on. I was working on a message about navigating storms. So that's why he didn't get it last week, because I thought straight off the back of James. No, but you're getting it tonight. But um, last year, my family and I had the privilege of um, going to the States for uh, some holiday and some uh, work time. We had some long service uh, leave due and we took some of that and we went to uh, mainland America and we had about uh, just over three weeks on mainland America and on our way home we had the joy and the privilege of uh, having a stopover in Hawaii. So we had been uh, working and holidaying uh, in the, on the mainland of the USA and we were looking forward to getting to Hawaii because when we got to Hawaii all we were doing, the biggest decision we had to make was beach or pool. It was like it wasn't doing, and everyone said, you've got to go see this, this. We said, no, 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 no. Hawaii for us is sun, surf, suntan. It's just like we weren't getting off of the cabana by the pool or the um, $2 lilo that we bought. And if we paid an extra dollar, they blew it up for us <laughs> that we could take down to the sandy beach of Hawaii and just spend a week doing nothing. So you can imagine our horror when on the second day of being in Hawaii, I received a text message from my girlfriend in California. And it was just a photo of the morning, California morning news saying, hurricane headed for Waikiki. And I just sent back a ha ha ha, you know, thing until I turned the news on. <laughs> and then I turned the news on and guess what? There was a hurricane heading directly for Waikiki. And I was like, surely this is a joke. And then under the door of our hotel room came a note. So we heard, you know, if you've stayed in a hotel, you can hear people, well, someone's at my door, what's going on? You hear this rustling and I went to go and open the door and there was a piece of paper. So I pick up the piece of paper and the headline is, warning, <laughs> hurricane on its way, survival guide. <laughs> and we were like, what? And so I'm reading this survival guide and it said things like, Get all your uh, important documents such as passports, visas, all that sort of stuff that cannot be wet. Pop it in um, seal-proof, you know, Ziploc bags and put them somewhere safe. So I was like, really? I'm on the fourth story of a hotel. I really don't think, okay, whatever. Then it said, please go and make sure you stock up on bottled water. Um, and make sure you stock up on uh, snack food. So they were saying things like muesli bars, dry biscuits, uh, cereal that you can just eat, um, you know, um, chocolate. I took it to be chocolate chips, all that sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> Snack food, easy, you know, really good for you. They said for several days, and they said, and um, have some sort of entertainment that doesn't require electricity. And they said, now we do, don't panic. We, and all through this was don't panic. We do have backup generators, but we just want you to be prepared so that uh, if the power does go, you've got, you know, colouring books and pencils and card games and things just to keep you amused for the next couple of days. And um, so we're like, like, serious? And then they said, now stay away from the windows. I mean, this is Hawaii. We picked a hotel that was on the beachfront that was 
glass frontage. I mean, if there's a view, I want to see it. And they're like, stay away from the windows, but stay inside. Like, there's a conundrum. Then they said, um, it had on there a, um, you listen for the radio over the um, intercom. If there's a need to evacuate, uh, then follow the instructions. And on this piece of paper had where we had to congregate, where we had to meet in the hotel if they called an evacuation. And then one of the interesting things was, is on your mobile, whether you were, um, you know, we didn't have mobile access over there, but we had our mobile phones. They have this system where they, they beep you. So they beep you and they let you know flood warnings here, flood, which is cool, except I don't know where Wanakukupu is. So I'm like, sorry, I could be there. I might be in trouble, but you know what? They, there's a flood warning there. I'm like, I don't know if I'm there, but anyway. So all of this. So I was like, you can't be like, serious. So I go downstairs to the lobby, and as I get to the lobby, I mean, there's poster boards everywhere. Everyone's down there, they're asking, and they, they were deadly serious. Like, I can't even remember the name of the hurricane. I was asking Tony, so can you remember what the name of the hurricane is? I said, I know it's a girl's name. And he goes, it's always a woman's name, Kath, because you girls are just like, ugh. So I was like, thanks. <laughs> so you know, I can't remember what the hurricane was, but you'll be happy to know that um, miraculously, it was, it was headed directly for Waikiki was in at sign and it just changed direction at the last minute um, and just the tail end hit Waikiki and we had lots of rain and lots of wind but no hurricane. So for us, crisis was avoided. But it got me to thinking that, you know what, there are plenty of times in our life where we just cannot avoid crisis. Crisis is coming. We didn't do anything to deserve or uh, this hurricane. We just happened to be there. And with life, you know what, sometimes things happen. Proverbs, 25, uh, Proverbs 10 verse 25 says, When the storms of life come. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's talking about how don't just hear what I say and forget about it, but implement it. He said, because if you do, when the floods come, you'll stand. And what I like about those two scriptures, or don't like, is that Jesus isn't saying, and the Bible isn't saying, if the storms of life come. Jesus isn't saying, if the flood comes, what they're saying is it's coming. And it's about the fact that we don't have uh, control over some of the things and the storms and the crises that we find ourselves involved in. Yes, I understand that sometimes we can create storms and we can create crisis, but what about when it's just completely out of your control? There are some things you just cannot avoid. They're coming at you, but what we can control is our response in that situation. And what I've learned is that we have to have what we call a crisis care plan. Or for those of you who are into human resource management, it's called a CCP, all right? A CCP for all of you who are into that. So a crisis control plan, and that's a crisis control, crisis care plan. And that's the subject and the title of my message tonight. I want to talk to us about having a crisis care plan plan. According to the dictionary, a crisis is a crucial or decisive point or situation, especially a difficult or unstable situation involving an impending change. It can be an emotionally stressful event or traumatic change in a person's life or an intolerable difficulty that exceeds the person's current resources and coping mechanisms. A crisis care plan, simply put, is a template that lists how we can implement safety procedures in an emergency. And a CCP literally can contain things, like I said, like our letter that came under the door, can have an evacuation plan. 
A CCP can have a list of, here's some of the essentials you will need in an emergency. So make sure you've got those. I mean, I would never have thought to put my passport in a Ziploc bag. And that's what a CCP does. It gives you a list. Here's a template. In, in, in terms of crisis, in an emergency, here's some things you can fall back to. It can give you a method of what you need to do. So in fact, not only just the evacuation, but actually have you considered this in your time of emergency? And I'm a great believer that you and I need to have CCP plans in our life. Because you know what? Storm's coming. And what I've discovered in crisis... I sometimes lose the plot. I don't know about you. Anyone here lose the plot when it comes to crisis or is it just me? You know what? We sometimes lose the plot because remember the definition of crisis was that when it uh, exceeds a person's current resource or coping mechanism. And the wonderful thing about having a CCP is that it takes some of the guesswork out of it. I don't have to, in the pressure, be thinking and coming up with, like I said, I would never have thought to put my passport in a snaplock bag. But when you've got a CCP, when you've got a plan to follow, something, a guideline, I don't have to think. I just have to do what the plan says. And you and I need a CCP in our life. Now, if you're like me, I'm a list girl. So I actually like to write things out. So you know what? I don't care whether you hear the message tonight and you have a mental CCP plan CCP, no, it's a CCP, right? <laughs> CC plan, how's that? Just because I'm messing it up. If, I don't care if you have a mental one and you've got it checked away in your head. I, I don't care if you have, write it down. Write it down, stick it on your fridge. Write it down, put it in your Bible. Write it down, and, I'm pointing to my butt because my phone's in there, sorry. Write it down and put it in the notes in your phone. Whatever it, it does for you to understand. Yeah, I oh know, and there's five other kilos. I get it, but whatever. All right. Whatever you need to do so you have somewhere to go to remember it. Because one of the sayings that we live by is that you've got to decide in the cool of day so you can stand in the heat of night. And we often talk to our young people and when we were youth leaders especially, we say, you know, sometimes I say, I don't know how I got here. I'm like, yeah, we know how you got here. You didn't make some decisions in the cool light of day. You didn't put some boundaries in place. You didn't put some things in place that when pressure came, yes, you found yourself there. And a CC plan helps you with that. It's like I've put some things in place so when the pressure's on, when the stress of my crisis or storm hits me, I'm taking, I'm alleviating some of that pressure because I don't have to make some of the decisions. They've been made. I just got to whip out my plan and go, okay, this is what I've got to do. And so I want to share an uh, example of a CC plan that I found in the Bible. And we're going to read Acts chapter 27. We're going to start from verse 13. It'll be up on the board, uh, up on the board, up on the Screen, thank you, behind me. And while, while I'm waiting for you to turn to that, I also have to acknowledge and give thanks to Rick Warren. Uh, Rick Warren has, is the author of the uh, book, Purpose Driven Life. He leads a great church, Saddleback uh, Church in California. And we had the privilege of hearing him in Hillsong recently in June. And he had a, um, a message and he shared a, f- a few lines and I thought they grabbed me. And so, because in case Rick's listening to my podcast, which I think he quite often downloads, but in case he's listening, Rick, thank you. All right. You're the inspiration other than Jesus for my message tonight. All right. Did you find Acts 27? Awesome. I'm going to read. Verse 13 says, When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. 
The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island named Corda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. They passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Cyrus. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm, the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone a long time without without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. I mean, there's a big, I told you so, if ever. And they say women are the captain, obvious. Then you would have spared yourselves the damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God of whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea when at about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped anchor. They dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. The first step that you and I need to take in our crisis care plan is to not drift. Verse 15 in that, in that text says, The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. The first thing I find when I'm encountering a storm is that I tend to drift. Those sailors, they were sailors. I mean, they would have been used to storms. They would have been used to waves. They would have been used to strong winds. They've, they've had storms before. They were used to that. But it says that what they did was they gave into it, that they no longer did what they normally would do. And I want to remind you, number one on your list, when we're talking about how do I face this storm, what is my crisis care plan? Don't drift. Continue to do what it is you did. They were sailors. That was what they did. But the storm was so forceful for them in in their thinking that they stopped doing what it was they did. And the storms can make us cause and forget the purpose. We forget why we're doing it. We forget our goals. We forget what it is. A storm is a storm. I get it. But you know what? In times of a storm, we've got to set ourselves and go, you know what? I'm not drifting. I'm not drifting. Yes, you know what? I'm sure if they're holding the wheel, they would have been under strain. That's what you call it, the sail, the wheel thing. Where's the sailors? Yep. Holding, I'm sure they would have been on the show, holding the rudder. So whatever it is that they were part of what they do, I'm sure the tension would have been there. I'm sure it would have been hard. I get the um, need and the desire and I get the temptation to let it go. I get the temptation to be driven along with the things that are battering against us. But uh, we're talking about a crisis care plan. What is it we have to hold on to? Let's not drift. I said before, I spent many time doing youth, uh, youth leadership 
And you know what? You would be speaking to young people and they'd be talking to you about their dreams and their future. And they'd be talking about future partners and what they would look for in a partner. And this is what I'm holding out for. And this is what I'm believing for. And in their late teens, great. In their early 20s, great. As it's getting to their late 20s and they're watching friends around them partner off and get married, or perhaps they've now moved into their 30s, late 30s and 40s, what used to be a, this is my goal, this is what I'm looking at, and I'm not talking about unrealistic, so I'm not talking about whether it's blonde hair, blue eyes, chiselled abs, and for the men, good looking. I'm talking about things that are, un- <laughs> you're a little bit slow, I get it. I'm talking about the uncompromising things, things in their early teens, they said, you know what, it's got to be a person who loves God, because if he loves God first, he'll love me. And that's cool when you're in your late teens, but what about when you're in your 20s or your 30s and everyone else is getting married? What turns into it, I'm waiting for Mr. Right, is I'm just waiting for someone to ask. That's what we're talking about when we're saying don't drift. This is what I'm hanging. You know what? My storm of loneliness, my storm of of fear of being left on the shelf, you know, I'm not going to drift because this is what I'm holding. This is my goal. This is what my focus is. I'm not going to drift in this storm. Your first key on your CCP is don't drift. The second one, your second step, is don't discard. In verse 18, it says, We took such a violent battering from the storm, the next day we began to throw the cargo overboard. First, this is what I've noticed when storms hit, when trials come, when we find ourselves in a crisis, we start to drift. The things that we always did, eh, we're not doing them anymore. The next step and things we often do, is we start to discard things. They started throwing stuff overboard. First it was the cargo, then it was the tackle, and then further on in that chapter in verse 38, it says eventually they threw their food overboard. They started discarding everything. And I get it in times of crisis, in times of pain, that we just want to lighten the load. We're often looking for release and relief. We're just like, I'm just trying to lighten it up so I can. And the temptation is, let's just start chucking things out. And you know what? The things that I held on to before that, you know what? I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to prayer meetings. I'm going to go to connect groups. I'm going to position myself. I'm going to do this. I'll be at uh, church meetings. I'll be at all these things. I'm going to study. Whatever it is, when the storm comes, you know what? Oh, something came my way. I wasn't quite expecting. I'm a little bit, we start throwing stuff off. Stuff that we wouldn't, there's no way I would not have missed that before. But a storm gets me to question it. Our number, our second step in our CCP is don't discard. Don't throw things away. We become impulsive. We get, um, give up on dreams. We run out on relationships. We often will say to people, if you've suffered great loss, whether it be loss of a spouse, a death even just in a relationship, but if something's gone, if there's been a major upheaval or change in your life, don't change. We just often say to people, you know, stop, stay. Just like when you're talking to a dog, stay. Because you know what, you're in a, it's a time of crisis, it's a time of storm, don't discard. I'm not saying you may not have to do something, but sometimes like I said, people, a spouse dies and they want to sell up, they lose a job, they want to just move into state. I'm not saying you may not. I'm saying right now in the midst of this storm, as this is raging, stay, don't discard. Sometimes see it with kids you know, or students. You have an exam, you studied for it, it didn't go as well. And rather than going, you know what, I just did a bad result, I'll stick at it and see, we up and change course. We move to here, we move to there. It's like, no, you don't, that's one exam. Let's just stay, 
Don't change, don't discard. And if this storm turns into a pattern, then we can have a conversation. But right now, don't discard. The third thing we see in this story is don't despair. Verse 20, it says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. The last thing the sailors threw out was hope. They came to a point of utter despair. And I want to encourage you tonight, whatever your storm is, don't throw away your hope. The Bible says that we're to embrace persecution because it develops character and character forms hope and hope does not disappoint. And if you're in the midst of a storm, you've got to hang on to that hope. Don't despair. If you throw out your hope, then you've got no hope. And when you hope, and if you've got no hope, then disappointment is on its way. Remember, this is a, it's a three-step plan. What am I doing? I'm in the midst of a storm. I can't stop my storm, but I certainly can hold myself so that my storm, I, I don't sink. So we're talking about don't throw, despair. Don't throw away your hope. Always remember, God is in control. God has a plan and God is the God of all hope. Romans 15.3 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, perhaps you're sitting there and you're saying, well, it's all good and well for you. All I'm hearing is don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Well, what do I do? I'm so glad you asked because I've got an answer for you. The fourth step, in your CCP, is you've got to drop anchor. It says in verse 29, fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. The fourth step in our crisis care plan is to drop the anchor. Our situations, our circumstances, they change. But you know what? We have to drop an anchor so that we can hold ourselves. Psalm 125.1 says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. So just quickly, I want to share those four anchors. It says they dropped four anchors. The first anchor they dropped is the presence of God. Verse 23 in that text, it said, Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me. I want to remind you tonight, you might be sitting here thinking, you know what, I don't feel God is here. Maybe you don't feel God is with you. I'm here to tell you he is with you. Hebrews 13.5 says, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. In the midst of your storm, you have got to drop the anchor of the presence of God. It's the presence of God that's going to hold you. I love that song we were singing here tonight. Find me here at your feet again. Do you know it's our responsibility to place ourselves at the feet of God? It's not a hide and seek game where he's looking for us to come and come to my feet. We've got our responsibilities to place ourselves at his feet. The presence of God. Paul said in the midst of his storm, he said, the God of whom I serve, his angel came and ministered to me last night. You know, God's angels can come and minister you to you, but you've got to presence yourself and in, the, in his presence. You've got to keep close to him. I love our worship. I love that song. But I'm, I'm going to be honest. And I shared last week how James Ayton said, what a great singer I am. I sing as loudly and as boldly and I sound as beautiful in my bathroom, in my car, in my lounge room, 
wherever I am, singing praises to God, to God as we all do in our corporateness. So do you. But you know, it's a responsibility and a change to do, for you to do that. It's your responsibility to keep yourself in the presence of God. Have God's presence. It's an anchor to your soul. It's an anchor that's going to hold you in that time of trial. It's an anchor that's going to hold you in that crisis. His presence. His presence is amazing. I can't sing that song without feeling emotion about what he's done for me. When I drop to my knees, I touch the sky. It doesn't matter what's happening. My circumstances and situation isn't changing, but my perspective on them are. Why? Because, my, because the presence of God is an anchor for me. Drop the anchor of the presence of God. The second anchor is the purpose of God. In verse 24, he says, and after the angel visited him, verse 24, he says, And do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. The second anchor we drop is the purpose of God. Paul was going to Rome. He had appealed to Caesar because they were trying to kill him. God said, Paul, you're going to Rome. So the angel came, the presence of God gave him hope and a joy and a peace and the purpose of God, the same thing, because the purpose was he was going to Rome. God said, you're going to Rome. So the waves are high. So you're puking over the side because it's a bit rough at the moment. You're going to Rome. I said Rome. Are we at Rome? This way, this, now you're looking at me like, geez, this is a bit crazy. That's often how I'll talk to myself. If I find myself in a situation that this is not of my choosing, this isn't what I like to be, I remind myself the purpose of God. I say, am I where I'm supposed to be? Is this how it's supposed to look? No, it's not. Then this is not the purpose of God. But God, I remind myself what you have said to me. I remind myself, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Come on, mums, you're getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning to feed a baby. You just do it out of joy. It's a purpose. I have to do this. We do it without even thinking because it's the purpose for what it's designed. Well, it's the same in terms of God. It's a storm, yes. But God, this storm is not the end of me. Purpose, drop the anchor of purpose. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. And often that's what I'll just say to myself. I say it over my kids, say it over our marriage, say it over this church. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. In the midst of your storm, in the midst of your storm, declare it over yourself. I know the plans God has for me. This isn't God's plan for me. I'm just writing it until I get to where he wants me to be. Declare the purposes of God over you. The third anchor we need to drop is the promises of God. What are the promises God has said to you? I'm going to read some of the promises that God has said to you just through his word. Psalm 139, 14 says, You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Deuteronomy 28, 13 says, The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. Philippians 4, 13 says, You can do all things through Him who gives you strength. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4 says, He has chosen you. Romans 8, 28 says, He works for the good of those who love Him. 2 Timothy 3, 17 says, Now we've been equipped for every good work. And Romans 8, 31 says, If God is for me, who? can be against me. In the midst of your storm, drop the anchor of God's promises. Now, God has spoken personal promises to you, I'm sure. Drop those anchors. You know what? These are just promises. And that's only a few. There's hundreds of promises in God's Word. Drop those promises. Remind yourself, this is what God's promise is to me. 
He says, I'm the apple of his eye. He calls me daughter. I am chosen. There are thousands of, I said hundreds before, but there are thousands of promises in God's Word. And there are personal promises that you know God has spoken to you. Declare them over your life. Yes, the, the waves are high. Yes, that my stomach's nauseous. Yes, the wind is howling. But the promises of God is I, He will see me. He says He will not tempt me beyond that which I can bear, which means, Lord, right now I can bear this. And while I'm feeling like I'm under it, I'm not under this situation or circumstance. But God, you're right beside me. And while I feel you're not here with me right now, your promise is you'll never leave me nor forsake me. So you are here with me. Declare, drop the promises of God, anchor. And then the final and fourth anchor is the anchor of prayer. We need to pray to God. It says, verse 29, they dropped the four anchors from the stern and they prayed for daylight. Sometimes when you've done all else, all you can do is pray. And I love the scripture where it says, when talking about being filled with the Spirit, it says, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit intercedes with His Spirit. Sometimes you're at that point where I don't know what to say. God, I don't know how to pour myself out anymore. I don't even know what to ask for in this situation. I don't know. But God, my spirit in me communes with your spirit and we intercede together and he will ask on my behalf because you know what I need. And if I can't articulate it, then the spirit within me will articulate it. So drop the anchor of prayer. Ask God for his peace. His word says you have not because you ask not. Ask him for his peace. Ask him for his presence. Ask him for his joy. Ask him for his strength. Ask him to come and be the God of all comfort that he is, and then expect him to receive. I know that the band are coming up, and I'm going to hand back to the guys, but I just want to share with you what happens when you implement your personal CCP. In Acts 27, it goes on in verses 40 to 44, and I'll just read bits of it. It says, cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. In essence, the boat got stuck. The sailors wanted to kill the prisoners, but but the sake of the centurion, because Paul had said to him, no one lives must be lost, otherwise none of us will be saved. It says in verse 43, the centurion ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. In verse 44, the rest were to get there on planks or other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. The commentary says that all 276 people made it safely to shore. And I felt when I was preparing this message that God wanted to remind you that he sees you, that he hears you, and that he's with you. And I don't know what your storm is, but God knows what your storm is. And God says, if you will put into practice my CCP, we can do this together. Matthew 28, 20 says, and surely I am with you always. Church, I want to remind you, God is with you. I get that sometimes in the midst of everything, we don't feel that. In the midst of everything, it feels like he's a thousand miles away. But we've got to remember his promise that says he's with us, that he sees you, he hears you, he loves you, and he's with you. What I've learned is that a storm cannot hide God from me, and a storm can't hide me from God. 
When your storm hits, can I encourage you, activate your CCP. Don't drift, don't discard, don't despair, but just drop anchor. Because you are going to make it. Hey, you might get wet, but you won't drown. Your hair might get frizzy, sea air, sea salt, but you won't lose it. You might get wet, but you're not going to drown. God sees you, God's for you, He hears you, and He loves you. And most importantly, He's with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 